And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week, as we watch the situation between Russia and Ukraine unfold, we know that we have different emotions, some of sadness, some of anger, and some of maybe helplessness. You want to help, but you feel that you cannot help because you're not there. Jesus speaks in Matthew 24, verse 6 to 8, and he says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in place after place. All this is but the beginning, the early pains, of the birth pangs of the intolerable anguish. Now remember verse 6, it says that we are not to be frightened or troubled. So you see all this destruction in the news, and you see the wars. You hear of wars and rumors of wars, and you feel perhaps inside of you helplessness, and you see other people suffering. We are not to be frightened or troubled, but there is something that we need to be doing. Even though you may think you have no power over it, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is Jesus that's in you than Satan who is in the world. And so we can use God's word and we can use our mouths, we can use our powerful tongues to speak life over a situation of destruction. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. This is the Amplified Classic edition of the Bible. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Amen. So we know we are the church, and we know that we are Christ's body. We know Christ Jesus is the head, and he has defeated all principalities and powers of wickedness. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. So you might say, well, if that's the case, why am I seeing wars and hearing of wars and rumors of wars if Christ defeated the devil? Well, positionally, Christ defeated the devil. The devil was disarmed, but the devil is a thief. And a thief is not supposed to be stealing. He's not supposed to be causing a problem, but that's why he's a thief. He's doing something he shouldn't be doing. Legally, he has been defeated at the cross by Jesus. But the devil is still going on, and he's trying to cause destruction in the world. And he's able to do that through people who have not submitted their lives to Christ Jesus. If the dictators of the world had suddenly gone down on their knees and submitted to Christ Jesus, they would no longer be dictators, because their heart would change. And then they would start ruling with righteousness if they had truly given their life to Christ and allowed the Lord to to heal their hearts. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power 
that the enemy possesses, and nothing shall in any way harm you. Now, this is the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. But this authority in Christ Jesus has been given to us because he told his disciples at the end of Matthew 28 to teach everybody else that they encounter whatsoever he has taught them. And he has taught them that they have authority and power over all evil because serpents and scorpions represent evil. And we in Christ Jesus use his name, which is above all names, to decree and declare his will over evil, which means evil must bow its knee to the name of Jesus, and that destruction comes to an end, according to the faith and no doubt of the person speaking that declaration over that particular mountain, that particular situation. Faith without doubt is important. Pure faith is faith without doubt, fear, or unbelief. And we know that Jesus said we are not supposed to be frightened or afraid for these situations that are going on in the world. So we must stand strong in our faith and speak to situations, do not fear, and the Lord will be able to move on those situations when he sees faith in action. What did God the Father do to create light? He spoke it. What did Jesus do to cast out demons? He spoke. He used his voice. He used words the word of God itself. What did Jesus say for us to do to cause a mountain to be cast into the sea? He told us in Mark chapter 11 to speak to it, but not doubt when we speak to it. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. So what we need to do is we need to indulge in the fruit of it for life. So we pray to the Lord today, but we also decree and declare over the situation. We do not pray to God for him to do all the work to cancel the destruction going on in the world. He depends on us to do our part. He told us to speak to the mountain, to believe by faith in who we are, who he is, and to speak to the mountain. He never said that he would speak to it. Remember that faith the size of a mustard seed can cause a mountain you speak to to move. But faith the size of a mountain, which includes doubt the size of a mustard seed, will not move that mountain one inch. Pure faith contains no doubt, and that's when God and his army, his host and legions upon legions of his angels, are able to move on your declarations. Why is he waiting on us? Because he gave us dominion over the earth. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth. Adam and Eve went with the devil. They decided to eat of the fruit, and they went away from God. They did not follow God's instruction, and that is why the earth fell, man fell, the earth fell with it, and we see the destruction and the evil in today's lives, in today's world. And that doesn't mean that there is not good in the world. Jesus said, let your light so shine upon men. Now we are supposed to speak what God would expect us to declare. And he would expect us to take dominion over the earth, to speak to situations of destruction and bind those evil spirits that are influencing that destruction so that there will be no more harm, but there will be a conviction of righteousness in the hearts of those who want to do evil. There will be a judgment, particularly for those who have done evil, the wrongdoers, the evildoers, the wickedness. They will get their just judgment by the the word of God 
that will judge them. You see evil on the earth because the devil is manipulating those that are still his on the earth. But you also see evil on the earth because the body of Christ has not been taking care of these problems using their God-given authority and faith to speak and to take dominion over that evil, to subdue the earth, to subdue that evil, to bind that evil, to cancel it. So this is another time, church, to rise up, pray in your heavenly prayer language, according to Jude verse 20, and declare peace over the people of Ukraine and the government of Russia. We bind the spirit of lust of power, that spirit of greed that is influencing the mind of President Putin, that he and his army may have an encounter with Jesus to know love, to know compassion for human life. Lord, we speak protection and safety over the precious souls, young and old, of the citizens of Ukraine. May they not lose their lives to evildoers. Lord, we declare that you are supplying all their needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, help guide us in our prayers for the situation, and we thank you for your divine intervention as you hearken your ear to the prayers of your sons and daughters in this hour. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for all provision for these people. We just thank you for peace and safety and protection in the hearts of the mothers, the children, the husbands, those that are going out to defend their country, Lord. We thank you for wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Lord, I thank you that they will have understanding of how to defeat the enemy by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the the hearts and minds of the politicians, that they would take necessary actions according to your direction and your leading. Lord, and we pray that they will seek you and not seek opinions of others, but they will seek the opinion of your Holy Spirit and be guided by you for victory and to put an end to this war, to put an end to this intrusion and this suffering. In Jesus' name. Now, the second part of this program today, we're going to be continuing on in the book of James, chapter 2. And we have been talking about the topic of faith, and faith without works is dead. And we were speaking on in recent programs about verse 14. It says, What is the use, prophet, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Can such faith save his soul? So we were saying, you know, what is the point of God giving us faith if we never use it? Of course, the current situation with Ukraine and Russia, we can use the faith that we have been given an equal measure of to believe that when our prayers and our declarations are spoken, that in the supernatural realm, God will be able to move because we have believed by faith without a doubt. So our faith is important because if we don't believe that when we speak, something will happen, then that is doubt. And nothing will happen. Nothing will happen according to our words, because we are saying it with our mind, but our heart doesn't believe it. That is why memorizing a scripture doesn't mean that you understand what the scripture means. You have to understand it. You have to know it. You have to contemplate it. You have to chew on it. Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 says we are to meditate on the verses. We are to meditate on the word of God day and night. Only then do we truly know it, and we cannot be unconvinced of it. We cannot be convinced otherwise. We know it, and we are sure, and we are standing on that verse by faith. So we must learn to trust these verses actually work for us if we would only use our faith to believe that they will work for us. We should give to others without any fear or unbelief or doubt. 
And the Lord is able to then continue to provide our needs and provide the needs of others that we're praying for. If you have lack, do you have a fear that you will continue to be in poverty? Or do you say to yourself, my Lord did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And he provides for the lilies of the fields and the birds of the air. So how much more will he want to provide for me? So do not doubt that God will provide because maybe your doubt is blocking God from providing. You can receive by faith. Just make sure there's no doubt mixed in with the faith. You will have whatsoever you believe. Jesus said that. So do not believe that you will not receive. If you are in faith one day, but doubt the next, that makes you a double-minded person, which according to the book of James, will not receive anything from the Lord. Not because the Lord is holding back anything. It's because your faith is not functioning so that there is no evidence of any substance to hope for and nothing that you cannot see to begin seeing according to Hebrews 11 verse 1. So hold fast to your faith. Do not speak that you are in lack. There's power in your tongue. So do not declare that you are in lack, because that will reinforce and likely continue your period of time with lack. Speak out so that your own soul hears you say these words. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I shall not want because I don't need to want because I have all I need. According to Psalm 23, I am not in lack anymore because my Jehovah Jireh is my provider. You see, a good parent gives first to his children. And my God is the best parent that ever existed and ever will exist. If you are born again, that's your heavenly father too. He loves me. He loves you. He never disowned me or you. I disowned him at the tree in the Garden of Eden, but his free gift of salvation has now allowed me to receive and confess Jesus as Lord and become born again, become a new creation. Whilst I used to be held captive underneath the powers of darkness that were over me, now all things are new. Old things have passed away. I am a son of God growing up into him in all things, seated in Christ next to the Father in heavenly places, above all evil that wants to give me its own identity, above all sickness that my body is divinely healthy at all times. This is who I am now. I am now in the kingdom of God's beloved Son, Jesus. So verse 17 in James chapter 2 says, So also faith, if it does not have works, Deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. Verse 18, but someone will say to you then, you say you have faith and I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works if you can, and I by good works of obedience will show you my faith. So it's important for us to not just believe in the word of God, believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he has won the victory over all of our foe, over the devil, but we actually take action through works by speaking God's word over situations, by taking action that we should pray for others, that we should provide for others, that we should give what we are asked to give. If there's someone in need, if they're naked, we clothe them. If they are hungry, we feed them. If they are in prison, we come to them. We love on them with the love of Christ Jesus. Those are good works. Getting up in the middle of the night to pray for another country that is suffering, that is good works. You're believing that when you speak something, it will happen, but actually speaking it is the works. So therefore, your faith 
is not dead, it's actually alive because you put action to your belief. You actually took it upon yourself to be that watchman on the wall, to speak over a situation, and to decree and declare God's will, so that that will turn around for good, and all righteousness will occur in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus is above all names. Verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. So do the demons believe and shudder in terror and horror, such as make a man's hair stand on end and contract the surface of his skin. See, in verse 19, you see how demons react at the name of Jesus. You see how they react at the thought and the name of Jesus. So if we are in Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places next to the Father, and we speak from a position of victory in him, through him, we can do all things through him, and he strengthens us. When we speak to evil, and we speak to evil by faith, in faith, without a doubt, because we have a strong foundation in Christ Jesus, we have a strong foundation in his word, because he is the word, then demons and evil principalities will bow and their assignments will not be able to be fulfilled because of your faith with no doubt in the name of Jesus. And when your tongue is used for life, God through you will defeat those evil schemes of the enemy. Verse 20, are you willing to be shown proof, you foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow, that faith apart from good works is inactive and ineffective and worthless? Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified, made acceptable to God by his works, when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac? You see that his faith was cooperating with his works, and his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by good works. And so the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will in thought and deed. And he was called God's friend. You see that a man is justified, pronounced righteous before God, through what he does, and not alone through faith, through works of obedience as well as by what he believes. Verse 25. So also with Rahab the harlot, was she not shown to be justified? pronounced righteous before God by good deeds when she took in the scouts, spies, and sent them away by a different route? Verse 26, For as the human body apart from the Spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its works of obedience is also dead. You see, the Word of God is alive and active according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. When you speak it with authority and with a conviction in your heart that it will happen without a doubt. Remember that the just shall live by faith, but also that we walk by faith and not by sight. Not by our senses, not based on if we have never seen something before. We cannot make conclusions on something we know we do not understand. So when we know God, his nature, we know how many people came to Jesus and he healed them all. So many instances of that are recorded in the word. Never did one person come to Jesus for a healing, and he turned them away. Yes, he could not do any mighty works in his own town, not because he had trouble laying hands on people. It was because they didn't come out to him, because they didn't believe in him. At the end of the day, I have to point you to Christ. I have to encourage you to spend time with him, to abide in him, according to John chapter 15. You have to experience this relationship firsthand yourself. 
When you get to know him, you can trust him more than the measure of faith that the Lord has blessed you with. When you use it, it will be far more effective because you will no longer be thinking, I have to pray to God and see if he answers it. You'll know that when you speak his word, his truth over a situation, he will answer, yes, I agree with your prayer according to your faith be it unto you. And your faith will be effective because God will back up what you say and will confirm his word, as long as you do not doubt and have unbelief in your heart. Sometimes you do not see the manifestation right away of what you are speaking or praying. Do not grow weary. Keep believing and don't back down. Don't quit, especially when it comes to healing the sick or commanding a demon to leave someone. That is always God's will for them to be healed and set free. Because remember, it has already been paid for. We just have to tell the sickness to go and have the person's body return to the way God created it to be by way of the Lord's stripes at the whipping post. Blessed be the Lord Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So today I just wanted to encourage you that you are strong in Christ Jesus and you are not alone. There is an entire body of Christ and we are here to help support you, to encourage you daily according to the word of God. And you can come to us at Touch of God and you can ask for prayer through our website at touchofgod.world. That's T-O-G dot world. You can also call us at country code one four zero seven. 705-3151. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray for you over the phone. In the meantime, do not fear. Do not worry. Do not be frightened or afraid. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You are in Christ today. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are seated in heavenly places. You are far above all evil. Nothing shall by any means injure you or hurt you according to Jesus' own words in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Do not fear. The Lord did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So be at peace today. The peace of the Lord I leave with you. And I thank you for listening. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.